0: This is episode 114 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are, How to Choose the Best Tart for Survival Shelters, 24 Prepping Items I Don't Spend Money on, and Preserving and Processing Herbs for Long-Term Storage and Use. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Let's go ahead and get started. Our first article comes to us from Survival Common Sense. And uh, again, the title of the article is How to Choose the Best Tart for Survival Shelters. And Leon uh, has some great, uh, he puts out some good content. And, you know, short articles, not very lengthy, but good articles. and and sometimes he has some great uh, videos to go along with that. So let's get started on this one. Tarps can be really valuable survival tools, but what if your budget is limited and you need several that can effectively do the job? Here are some tarp materials that have worked for me. A thunderstorm heads your way, or you need shade from the blazing desert sun, or you're lost, the snow is deep and a storm is blowing in. In any of these vastly different instances, A tarp may provide the best shelter available. Now, if money is no object, just go out and buy a nice lightweight nylon tarp with grommets from an outdoors outdoors store. But suppose your budget is limited, whose isn't? And you want the best shelter tarp available within your budget. Or possibly you're making multiple survival preparedness kits, need to economize but don't want to compromise on quality. Here's how to choose the best tarp to fit your survival needs, and budget in order of expense. Visiqueen or Tyvek. Visiqueen is a plastic sheet material used for a variety of construction processes, I'm sorry, purposes. Tyvek is most commonly used as a moisture barrier between exterior walls and the siding by home builders. It generally comes in large industrial-sized rolls. In August 1976, I hiked the 225-mile John Muir Trail in California. My only shelter was a piece of 10-foot by 12-foot OPEC 4-mil thick visiquine. Despite nine continuous days of rain, the visiquine kept me dry at night and during frequent afternoon showers. My reasons for using visiquine were simple. I had to cut weight, didn't have a tent. And couldn't afford to buy anything else. The following year I did a 14 day solo backpack through the thoroughfare creek area of the Yellowstone backcountry. That same piece of Visqueen was my only shelter and again it worked well. Visqueen is cheap and durable. You can get a piece big enough to make a tarp shelter for under $5. Don't buy a clear or opaque piece if you anticipate possibly needing it for shade. Tyvek is also inexpensive and may be free if you know a building contractor. Check out dumpsters at a construction site. You may find, as I did last year, a partial roll that was tossed when the job was done. The disadvantage is that Tyvek is somewhat stiff and noisy when new. A few rain showers or a wash cycle in a washing machine will take out much of that noise. Neither of these products come with grommets, so you'll have to think about improvising fastenings before you actually need to use the tarp the standard plastic tarp the ubiquitous blue or green brown silver or whatever plastic tarp has its own cult following and I'm one of them I carry several of different sizes in my car and have used them in conjunction with everything from changing a tire to covering a seat to protect it from a muddy dog I've slept under the plastic tarps in the snow rain and blazing sun a blue tarp can be slung over a picnic table to make a rainy campout more fun. It can also provide shade from the heat of the midday sun. Plastic tarps generally have grommets in the corners and sides, making for easier pitching. They can be ridiculously cheap and I usually pick up an extra 8x10 or 10x12 when I catch a sale. A 12x16 is an incredibly useful size. Even if I don't need another, you just never know when someone, somebody might. I gave one tarp away to a homeless guy on a corner with a sign that said he needed camping gear. Nylon There is a dedicated group of outdoors people who prefer a tarp over all the other types of portable shelters. These folks are looking for lightweight and a compact package. That's understandable. Some of the high-end nylon tarps weigh a few ounces. A tarp may be the best covering for a quick snow trench shelter or for making a refuge from driving rain. These lightweight tarps can be spindy with high-end grommets and reinforced material. I own several and the lightweight and compact size make them really handy. My emergency gear pack and 10 essentials pack both have nylon tarps in them. Dedicated shelter tarp. These tarp shelters are essentially tents without mosquito netting and are designed to work with poles and stakes and are pre-cut to a specific design. These range from the latest high-tech designs to the classic Plains Indian teepee. The design of a dedicated tarp shelter should be chosen to fit your need and the area you anticipate using it in. A shelter tarp that will be used in the north woods in the summer could be a miserable choice if the mosquitoes, black flies, and no are out in force. On the other hand, the ability to warm a shelter with a campfire on a cold, windy day could be really nice. A word of caution. Tarp shelters are not mosquito or snake proof. If you camp where there are crawly things that bite, get a snake proof tent or a jungle hammock. Choose all your survival gear with care. Alright, so like I said, short article there. Um, you know, uh, if you have a Harbor Freight, I mean there's a lot of links here and links that will go to Amazon uh, for all the different tarps and stuff and, and things that Leon is uh, recommending. Um but, you know, if you have a Harbor Freight, every once in a while they run those sales and they'll have like an 8x10, uh, really cheap, for like 299 399 There was a while there I had a whole stack of them. You know, I've gone through them and using them for different things or whatever, kind of like what Leon was talking about. But, uh, you know, it, it does make sense to definitely you know buy one of those cheap ones on sale and throw it in, in the back of your uh, your vehicle or underneath your seat or whatever, you know, to have one of those. But uh, yeah, the, the tarp is uh, is is great, and then not only that, but being able to make different configurations of shelters with tarps, I think is something that everyone should know, right? Um, Leon has this great um, this great picture at the very very top where he has um, his uh, his tents, he's camping, and then he has a big tarp over the camp fire site. So if they, you know, if they wanted to start a fire and they wanted to stay warm, uh, they could uh, go ahead and be underneath that tarp. They can do that. And there's plenty of ventilation. It's all open on the sides uh, because it's hanging from the trees. And uh, I've I've seen that before where there's really great big tarps that cover a whole tent, you know, camping section and uh, just, you know, make it it rainproof that way. I think that's great. We did that up at the country when we uh, went out there. We just had a a big tarp that went over. Um, I mean, this was a huge tarp. I can't even remember what size it is, but it's uh, very huge. And uh, it covered uh, big enough to cover our uh, tent and then also provide a nice big area of shade where we could sit under during the hot sun, especially when we didn't have anything up there. So, uh, but again, going back to uh, knowing some different shelter configurations, I think that's always important. And then one of the things that I like Leon does here is he has a uh, he has a video. It's just a short video, about two minutes and 35 seconds, uh, of about three basic knots for making quick shelters. So, uh, you know, if you if you know this is something that where you want a, a skill that you're wanting to work on. You definitely want to go watch that video and you know know those three um, those three knots that will help you with a with building a tarp. He also has a video uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, if I find it, I will link to it on um, you know on the uh, in the the podcast notes. But uh, one on how to save your grommets. So, if you've ever had one of those, uh, you know, these blue tarps, blue or green tarps, like he was talking about, and you've used the grommets to, uh, you know, tie it to a tree or tie it down or whatever, eventually they're going to give way. But uh, he has this great system that you can use to, or at least I've seen him, his video on doing it, where you can uh, run the, the, the rope or your ties in such a way that it will not pull the grommets. It kind of pulls it all evenly. And so again, like I said, I'm going to try to find that on his YouTube channel and I'll link to it. Uh, I think that's a a, a valuable skill to know. All right. So let's go ahead and go on to the next, I'm I'm sorry, that was again, that was Survival Common Sense. Uh, definitely want to go check that one out. Um, Askaprepper.com is our next, uh, is where our next article comes from. And the article is entitled 24 Prepping Items I Don't Spend Money On. And uh, Diane is the author. So we're going to go ahead and read this one and uh, hopefully you can glean some good information here or some ways that you can save some money and to to prep with little money. So here we go. Prepping is is difficult when you have very little extra money and I've been living that reality for a few years. Initially, when hard times hit, we pulled back on prepping and began living off some of our stores. I admit that having a food supply really helped us, but eventually our supplies dwindled and we realized that we had to turn the situation around. We had to start increasing our stores again. When this realization hit I nearly panicked. We had used most of our food stores just trying to survive from paycheck to paycheck and I had no money to replace them. The only way was to stockpile what I could find for free. The first realization you come to is that prepping is a frugal way of life or at least it can be. To prep for free you need to decide that you will never waste what you can save Sometimes this is difficult, but with an organized plan, you can do it. Food for Survival Let's start by discussing your food preps. If you decide to use every bit of food, never wasting any, you will save on your food budget. But most people don't want to eat the same foods every night until it is gone. My old habit was to eat leftovers until we tired of it, then it eventually got thrown away or fed to the family dog. I realized that my leftovers were free food for my survival stockpile. Here are just a few of the ways I make this work for me. Dehydrate all leftover rice, pasta, and beans. We rarely eat these leftovers and they work wonderfully well as dehydrated meals. Dehydrated rice and beans become the instant version that only need a few minutes in boiling water to become a tasty dish again. Many people make their hiking and camping meals this way. I just apply it to my leftovers. Once they are dehydrated, I use my food saver to vacuum pack them for storage. Can leftover meats and some meat dishes. Did you have a, a quart or two of chili leftover from dinner? Put it in a canning jar and pressure can it according to proper canning procedures. I usually save a pint or two here or there in my freezer. Then when I have a canner load, I do them all at once. Of course, something. sometimes we pull it out and have it for dinner too. Additionally, with the leftover fat, you can render lard. Here's how to pressure can hamburger meat for long term preservation. Dehydrate leftover bread. In my area local food pantries give away a lot of bread. I take what I can use and extra are dehydrated and turned into instant stuffing mix. You will find recipes for stuffing mix with a simple google request. Experiment and find one your family likes. I use my food saver to create single meal stuffing mixes. I also attended a couponing class to learn the secrets of getting food for free. I became good at it and am able to score quite a bit of free food. I've gotten pancake mix, cornbread mix, muffin mix, lots of free pasta, some frozen foods, and lots more. I don't go overboard, but I can tell you that when you stack coupons, you can get free food. I even scored a bunch of free mixes where I was paid 12 cents each to take them home. Free fruit from the neighbor's trees. In our area many yards have fruit trees, but often the fruits will just rot on the tree. The family eats what they want, but they don't bother with the rest. When I see a tree full of ripe fruit, no one picking it, I will stop and ask the owner if I can have a few or buy a few. Usually they'll reply to take as many as I want as long as I pick them. I can fruit, make jelly, and sometimes dehydrate fruit that I get this way free food samples Many of the food storage companies are willing to send you free samples to try their products They are hoping you will try them out and order more However you can certainly order the free samples and put them in your 72-hour kit or bug out bag Then when you do have money to spend try them before ordering Condiment packets Do you ever order takeout If so stock up on condiment packs to go with you with your order I keep a gallon jar of condiment packs that I use in my kids. These don't keep forever though. You'll want to replace them every year at least. Yes, strangely enough, I find people giving away food on Craigslist all the time. A few weeks ago, a guy in my area gave away several 100-pound bags of navy beans, pinto beans, and red beans. Often, you'll find free vegetables when gardens are overflowing. Can them, dehydrate them, or freeze them. Of course, be careful when meeting people you don't know. Free formula. I signed up for a coupon list for babies when my grandkids were born. One day I found free formula samples in my mailbox. Those went straight to my prepping supplies. I don't have any babies here, but someone will be happy to receive them in a time of need. I also get reams of coupons for formula, which I pass on to young mothers. I save my drink bottles, wash them, and refill them with water for storage. When we first moved to Florida, I would spend way too much money on gallons of water when a hurricane was nearby. We would keep them through hurricane season, then use them and buy more the next year. I realized I was wasting money on water that I could easily get for free. So I just started refilling our drink bottles with tap water. We don't drink much soda, but my husband works outside in the heat, so he drinks a lot of electrolyte drinks. These are nice quart bottles for storing water and other supplies. Here are 30 smart ways to reuse things that you usually throw away. Household items. Here is another place where couponing really pays off. You can regularly get toothbrushes, toothpaste, dental floss, shampoo, razors, and other personal care products for free with coupons. And don't forget to ask the dentist for free samples when you go in for your checkups. Free stuff for the garden. The most valuable freebie in my garden are the seeds that I get from my heirloom plants. It is easy to save seeds from year to year. I vacuum pack mine and store them in a cool cupboard. Okay, uh, just let me stop real quick. I don't know if vacuum packing is the best idea um, because you're sucking out all the air. And I think that um, just from whatever I remember reading and listening to people talk and even uh, maybe podcasts that I've listened to, I, I believe you want to keep them, you know, in a place where they're, they'll still be able to have access to air. So, uh, you know, I might be wrong on that. If I'm wrong, if somebody has information on that, please chime in, and uh, I'll, you know, drop that information on the on the next podcast or even next week. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure about vacuum packing. Uh, at least I don't vacuum pack mine that I store. Uh, you know, I just keep them in a in a brown plastic bag or brown paper bag. Sorry. All right, uh, continuing on. Free plants grown from roots or your kitchen vegetables. We live in Florida, so we have a long growing season. I plant the tops of pineapples, root my celery, and re-grew it, regrow it. There are lots of vegetables that can be planted this way. One lady near me simply replants, e- replants either the roots or seeds from everything they eat. She has a thriving hydroponics garden combined with quite a few fruit trees. Free plants from neighbors who have extra. Most herbs outgrow their space quickly and you end up dividing them. Ask your neighbors for roots or cuttings from herbs, medicinal plants, and edibles that you might enjoy. And of course, share your own excess. Free compost and mulch. Often, you will be able to score free compost and mulch from your county or from tree trimmers in your area. You need to be careful about these items, however. I found that they are sometimes full of insects and other pests. Pine cones for fire starters. Pine cones burn quickly and hot. I collect them in the fall for use year-round. We don't have many pine trees in my area of Florida, but whenever I visit relatives further north, I usually come home with a bag full. Here are 10 trees every survivalist should know and why. Sandbags. Whenever there is a good chance of flooding, our county offers free sandbags and sand. You have to get there early because they go fast, but it is a good addition to my hurricane preparedness. Free Furniture and Shelving This could be a Craigslist or a free cycle item, or you can just keep your eye out for discarded items awaiting pickup. When my last child moved out, moved out, I decided to turn his room into a pantry. It was perfect, right off the kitchen. I told my husband my plan and started scouring the roadside for shelving and cabinets. You're right, my pantry shelves don't match. Maybe someday I'll paint them all, but in the meantime, no one but me sees them. You'll be surprised how many useful items are put out, hoping someone will cart them away. You need to look when the sun is shining, however. A good rain can ruin furniture and finishes. Prepping Supplies You probably already know that you can get free buckets from commercial kitchens. Some places have cut on and now charge a nominal fee, but often you'll see them sitting out beside the dumpster. I always ask, but they usually say to take as many as I want. Ask at delis, fast foods, restaurants, bakeries, etc. Popcorn tins. These are getting harder to find, but I love the 3-5 to gallon size popcorn tins for storing food. They are rodent proof and a convenient size for storing food in Mylar or Food Saver bags. I also use smaller tins in my pantry for my everyday supply of rice, popcorn, etc. You can often get these free at Christmas, but I also sometimes find them cheap at thrift stores, not free flashlights, tarps, batteries and more. Harbor Freight used to offer coupons for free items with no purchase required. Now the coupons require a purchase but you still get a free item when you go in for other tools. I save these coupons and we use them for the small LED flashlights, headlamps and tarps whenever we need anything from Harbor Freight. Prescription medicines. Medicines are a difficult category for preppers because your insurance company and doctors control your supply. However, it is possible to refill your prescriptions a few days early each month so that you slowly accumulate a surplus. Be aware of expiration dates, rotating your supply. Over time, you should be able to build up at least a few weeks supply. I personally have several prescription ointments that I use. I refill the prescription as soon as I am eligible every month, even if I hadn't finished the old two. Over the past year, I have built up a two month supply. By squeezing every drop out of the tube before I toss it, many pills can be managed the same way. Again, uh, let me go back. Uh, prescription drugs, uh, pills, and stuff do not expire. Um, you, do, you don't don't throw please don't throw them away. Uh, you know you still might find people that will say tetracycline uh, expires, but I think I believe they fixed that. I've uh, I've heard Doctor Bones interesting. I believe it was them. Talk about that, that they have fixed, and if you they fix that, and if you are uh, still concerned about it, just don't store or you know, tetracycling uh, past the expiration date, you know, just to be safe uh, on that one. But uh, all the other, uh, you know, medicines over the counter, all that kind of stuff, unless it's like a liquid or a syrup, um, you know, those go bad, uh, but everything else you want to keep that, right? and. Uh, uh ointments I'm sure depending on what kind of ointment it is uh, eventually maybe it might go bad but um yeah don't don't get rid of uh prescription drugs you know keep, hold on to those not only that um you know I th- there's been reports that our water supply is so polluted because people flush old prescriptions down the the drain and so uh you know they 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 flush them down the toilet and then it winds up back into the water supply And so, you know, it's just not safe. So, um, two good reasons there to hold on to them. All right, um, let me see here. Continue on with uh, free samples. I've mentioned I've mentioned a a, (laughs) a few free samples that are available above, but you will find much more if you look. I've seen internet ads and for free fire starters, free paracord bracelets, small multi-purpose tools, and many other free things offered on survival websites. Also, if you email companies with an honest review of their product, they will often send you a coupon for a free item. I never asked for the freebie, but it is often given as a thank you. This usually works with the larger food manufacturers and household products. Free Books and Information Don't discount the value of the free information that is available on the internet. You can get free prepping books and cookbooks on Kindle, and you don't need a Kindle device. Use the app you'll find lots of good advice and information on how to get started prepping. Over time, it all adds up. You don't need money to get started prepping. In fact, all the things I've mentioned here are free, and and I'm sure you will find more if you think about it. Some of you probably have your own secret ways to get free stuff. How about sharing your methods in the comments below? So there are 36 comments over at Ask a Prepper, uh, so you you can go check those out and see all the uh, you know the advice that people give. There are links all throughout uh, the article, so you definitely want to go check that out. But there are ways to um, you got to be purposeful. You got to be um, you know you got to stay on top of it. Uh, you got to almost be you know uh, form these habits. Of uh, working through these things over and over again, and make sure that the time that you're spending on them isn't so much time that it it doesn't become valuable for you. But there are ways to get free items and to stock up and and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, some advice: take uh, one or two or three of these or all of them at your liking, and and uh, try them out. See what you come up with as you're uh, as you're prepping out there and trying to save some money. Our last article comes to us from PreppersWill.com and the, uh, the title of the article is Preserving and Processing Herbs for Long-Term Storage and Use. So let's go ahead and get started on this one. I've been, I've been preserving and processing herbs from my garden for years now. I honestly can't imagine my cooking without them and I make sure I always have some in my pantry. Survival foods can become dull after a while and you won't be able to prepare tasty meals without herbs. Keeping a well-equipped pantry is all part of the prepping process, but few people pay attention to details. You can stockpile all the grains and jerky you want, but think, think also about how to add flavor to your dishes. No matter what meal you cook, you can always improve it with a few herbs. Besides, making even the tasteless dishes edible, it will also help you prevent food fatigue in the long run. Growing your own herbs is rather easy and perhaps this is why they are considered beginner's crops. You should have no problem growing them outside or indoors as it takes less work than others, more, than other more traditional crops. Preserving and processing herbs for long-term storage and use is also no big deal as you will see in this article. Most herbs are at their peak in July and it's the perfect time to start your preserving plans. From experience I can tell you that you should harvest the herbs for storage mid-morning. The logic behind this is quite simple. Wet plants won't dry well and will stick together if you freeze them. This is why you need to wait for the dew to dry and let the sun help you. Make sure you harvest all your leaf herbs before they flower. Otherwise, they become tougher and begin to lose flavor. As for flowers, the buds need to be harvested just before the buds open fully. When harvesting seeds, here's a trick I've learned. Tap the seed seed head and if the first seeds fall loose, cut the pods and get them indoors. Your evergreen herbs, especially the ones grown in pots, can be harvested fresh all year round. There should be no need for preserving and processing herbs as such. Unless you have large crops and you want to avoid waste. Another advice I can share with you is to avoid taking more than a third of the leaves from perennials. Harvest leaves from healthy plants only and take the opportunity to prune the plants while you're at it. Methods of preserving and processing herbs. Freezing herbs. This is a method I've used for preserving soft-leaved herbs such as basil, parsley, and chives. It's a simple method that doesn't require blanching. You just need to place the leaves or sprigs into plastic tubs. If the leaves are dry and you won't compact them, they shouldn't stick together. You will be able to take out what you need and crumble them in your cooking pot. Another method of preserving and processing herbs which involves freezing is to pack them in ice cube trays. You will need to chop the herbs and pack them into the gaps of an ice cube tray. Top them with water and let them freeze for a few hours. Once the cubes are frozen solid, remove them from the tray and place them into a plastic bag. Stack your freezer with as many plastic bags as you would need. Drying Herbs When it comes to preserving and processing herbs, drying is the preferred method for many. It's a simple method that allows you to preserve your herbs for a long time. You also don't need expensive equipment to do it and you could improvise a drying rack or use your oven. If you want to try this method, remember to dry each type of herb separately because they will taint one another. A good airflow is needed and you should keep in mind that different leaves dry at different rates. When drying herbs, separate large leaved herbs into individual leaves and small leaved herbs into small sprigs. To retain the flavor of herbs, you need to dry them as quickly as possible, and this is why some people prefer to use a food dehydrator. Regardless of the method you plan on using, you should know that the herbs are ready when the leaves are brittle enough to crumble. The first pioneers used to hang the herbs up in loose bunches in a, in a warm, dry, and airy place, and it worked just fine for them. I often use this method when I don't have the time to do otherwise. Just remember that you need good airflow flow, or your herbs will go musty. In my experience, oregano and its kin dry well, just like thyme, mint, and low low veg, lemon balm and savory fragile herbs such as fennel dill and chives can be dried as well but retain little flavor i've also dried parsley and basil but i'm not particularly fond of the results or the culinary merits oils and vinegars this is a method of preserving and processing herbs that i've learned from my mother which is part italian herb, oil, herb oils and vinegars retain the flavor of summer herbs and you can preserve the flavors for many years as a general rule i use 4 or 5 large sprigs of freshly er- herbs fresh herbs to 20 ounces of oil or vinegar for making oil i use the warm infusion method since i'm afraid the cold infusion one can cause botulism as you will see in the following lines the warm infusion method requires for you to heat the oil which is safer in my opinion the cold infusion method requires you for you to leave the herbs in oil at room temperature for up to four weeks. For making vinegar, you can use either method since bacteria can't grow in an acidic environment. You should be safe regardless of which of the two methods you use. When preserving and processing herbs by making oil and vinegar, you can try the following herbs, fennel, dill, basil, lemon balm, mint, oregano, tarragon, thyme, savory, and rosemary. How to make herb oil. As a first step, you need good quality oil with neutral taste, or at least a mild tasty one. I often use sunflower oil. I've noticed that robust herbs like basil work well with a mild olive oil. Chop the herbs and put them into a pan with the oil. Heat it on on a low flame until a few bubbles start to rise at the surface. When you notice the bubbles, remove the pan from the heat and cover it with a piece of cloth. Let the herbs infuse for about two hours. Now strain the oil using filter paper into sterilized bottles, discard the herbs and store the oil at room temperature in a dark cool place. How to make herbs herb vinegar. To make herb vinegar you should only use wine or cider vinegar. If you use malt vinegar you will kill the flavor of most herbs. As I said before you could use both methods to make herb vinegar. It all depends on how much time you have to spare. You could chop the herbs and put them into sterilized jars and top them, up, top them off with cold vinegar. This would require letting the jars stand in a warm place for four weeks and shake the jars every couple of days. If you're in a hurry, you can put the herbs and vinegar into a covered bowl over a pan of water. Bring the water to a boil to heat up the vinegar. Now remove the bowl from the pan and let the herbs infuse for about two hours. Regardless of which method you use, when you have the desired flavor strain the vinegar and discard the herbs. Pour the vinegar into sterilized bottles and store in a cool dark place. Making Herb Condiments Another way of preserving and processing herbs is to make condiments. For example you can make pesto from basil and add it to pasta, soups and even pizza. Parsley also works great for making pesto and I often make some using walnuts as well. Some may argue that pesto will last only a couple of weeks in the fridge, and that's true. However, they don't know that it can also be frozen for long-term storage. Using pesto ice cubes is one of my methods of preserving this tasty condiment for long periods of time. Another way to make herb condiments is to make herb sauce or glorified herb vinegar, how my husband calls it. I often make mint, sage, thyme, or rosemary sauce, and it can be diluted with water or vinegar as needed. Preserving and processing herbs doesn't require hard labor, or even a child could do it. Even a child can do it. The method described in this article will help you make the most of your herb garden and avoid wasting any produce. By preserving and processing herbs, as des- described, you will be able to enjoy the fresh summer taste of herbs even during the long, cold months of winter. There are so many ways you can enhance the flavor of your meals using herbs that it makes sense to stockpile your pantry with lots of herbs. So I agree on this one. Uh, there's a co- there's one one comment here, and um, let's see one comment. Not a lot of links in this article. A few links here that you can go check out. Um, but you know one of the things too is um, you know I think everyone should have uh, some herbs. You know you should try it out. And, you know the ones that you would use. And it, if anything, like if you like tea, I mean you should pr- you probably should go have get some a peppermint. Uh, a peppermint plant and uh, you can put that in a pot and just you know cut off what you need and you know that sucker will grow if you take care of it if you water it every I mean and it's they're they're really good I mean you can abuse them and then water them and they they come back but uh, you know it's uh, one of peppermint is one of those good ones where you can uh, make tea if you if you you want to make tea and uh, there's a lot of medicinal benefits from that but then just dehydrating these and taking care of these, I think it's a great idea. Um, yeah, herbs is, uh, or having herb, uh, or growing herbs, I'm sorry, is uh, one of those no-brainers. It's easy, easy to do and uh, something that definitely is a is a good benefit, especially when you get into some that have, you could do both, like or medicinal and also uh, you can use them for, for other purposes. I have some lavender right now that I just, I love the smell of it. It's just great. Uh, I love going out there and smelling it and then peppermint uh, you know i always i just rub my hand just being in the garden you can rub your hands on it and then that smell just kind of stays on your uh, on your hand and I just just love the way that that smells so um you know hopefully if uh, if you're not gardening or even if you're not trying your hand at a, a few herbs hopefully you will because uh you know it's a it's a good thing to do and good way to kind of practice gardening maybe even if you're in an apartment maybe that's all you can do uh, you know, that's something that, you know, you can try. Definitely. All right. So, uh, that's it for the podcast. Uh, I hope you're, uh, hope you're enjoying it. If you get a chance, come by the website, uh, theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and drop me a line in the comment section. Hey, don't forget to join the, the Facebook group. Uh, we actually we have a lot of people joining it, uh, here recently, but, uh, if you haven't done it, come on over and, and man, you can join it and, uh, you just lurk, right? You can just kind of hang out and just see if there's anything interesting that anyone's posting or, uh, you know, and just you can like something or, you know, you don't even have to say anything or you can join in and start sharing things, you know, that's, you can just, just whatever you want, but I I think it's a neat place to kind of hang out and then, uh, you if you haven't yet signed up for the, for the email list, I'm going to encourage you to do that. When you sign up for the email list, you automatically get enrolled in the free uh, e course, um, building a more self-reliant life. All right. So um, if you get a chance, um, I appreciate it when anyone shares out our podcast, whether it's the individual episode or you just share out the whole podcast. Um, you know that that makes a, a a big difference. And so again, I really appreciate that uh, when you do that. We make it very easy for you to do that on the website. You can just kind of come and and we're linked to all the social media. Uh, outlets out there and you can just kind of send it out and uh like i said again make it real real easy for you so anyway with that choose to live a more self-reliant life choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind until tomorrow stay prepped and aware peace